Father, thank you for Mike's heart to share your word with us. And I pray that you will anoint him to stir our faith tonight with what you've laid on his heart to see, say to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Good evening. Hey, I'm so excited about this word about Hagar because one of the things we're going to talk about tonight is acceptance. So um, the thing with Hagar is she was rejected, right? The, the people she lived with duped her into this sin, and then she sinned, and then it went pear-shaped, and, and the same people that duped her into it rejected her. And you know, Ishmael means God hears, and when God gave that word to her, she built an altar, and you know what she named that altar? She, she named it some Hebrew thing that I can't say. <laughs> but you know what it means in English? It means God sees me. And here's this person who felt so insignificant. She was property. I mean, that's so wrong, right? You don't, you don't own people. She felt so insignificant. And then she was thrown out and rejected. And she said, God sees me. And male and female, all across the spectrum of every bit of diversity that's in this room tonight, I'm telling you, God sees you. Amen? Are we awake tonight? I'm a little Texan, so it helps me. You know, if y'all are, if, y'all, if I don't hear you, I might think you're not getting it, and then I'm going to go past the deadline Pastor Gideon gave me now. So y'all got to help me, right? Y'all got to be there. See, now that's beautiful. All right. So, so um, we're going to look at that tonight. We're going to look at a few things, and I'm trusting, I'm really trusting God that for for a, maybe a handful of folks in here, or maybe a bunch of us in here, that God's going to forever settle some issues tonight. And do you believe that, that no matter how long you've been walking with God, that he can still take some things that are not straight in our minds and settle them once and for all? I mean, there's some struggles that maybe some of us have been back and forth with for years And in one night, in one moment, God can sort that thing out. And you can walk out of here free. And we've been interceding and and crying out and pulling down heaven, right, for you to walk out of here free tonight. And I I trust in God for for freedom. We sang tonight, break every chain. And I don't want to, you know, I was standing up here with my friend, and I don't want to turn around and look at you, but I wanted to. I wanted to see if you believed what you were singing, right? That's some hectic stuff. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Does anybody else believe that? Right. Then will you go with me here? I'm not leaving this room with any chains. Hey, you said there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. So let's leave them on the floor and let's go out of here free. Amen. Because you know what? It's it's time for the church to embrace everything that Jesus died and rose again for us to have and go out in this world. We need to stop fighting these silly political battles and all these opinion nonsense. And we need to get out there with the gospel of Jesus Christ and bring the freedom that can change this world. Come on. Is anybody here with me? There's power to break every chain. I don't care if you agree with my politics. I don't even like politics. I don't even talk about them. All I want is for you and you and you and you and everybody I run across to be free. 
So I'm going to get free. Amen? I'm excited. We're already there. <laughs> Man. So the title of the message is Extraordinary Living. So we're going to see how much we can go. We've been planning this. We've been planning this stuff for a couple of weeks. It was so cool. I got to go to a meeting where we where leadership in the church sit. And man, that crowd to God, God, what do you want to do? God, what do you want to do? God, come. God, speak. And then we talk. What are you hearing from God? And we cry out. Because y'all, this isn't a social club. We want God to come. And when you, I'm telling you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, holy God almighty, if you get close to him, you can't leave the same. If you're the same as, as before you approach God, you just approach some kind of religious ritual. Man, you could have been watching football or rugby. You know what I'm saying? No, let's approach God and let's be changed. So I was in this meeting and we, we thought we heard, right? And then this morning at church, God was like, that's such a great plan. I just, man, you guys are so beautiful, but let's do this. <laughs> it was amazing. So we're going to see what God does tonight. So turn with me, or you can just listen if you like, to Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Actually, I'm going to preach out of Ephesians. <laughs> this is a little intro verse because it's beautiful. And the reason I'm kind of all over the place is um, the issue that Paul is talking about here, it's not, it's not combined, confined to one church or one area. It is a problem all over the place. So you see this thing popping up in all of his letters. He's constantly sorting this out. Because why? Because when we, when we fell into sin, we became wired to looking, for, to looking for things that we need like acceptance and identity. Everywhere except Jesus. So Paul had to sort this out in just about every letter he wrote. So I'm going to read this one verse in this couple of verses in Genesis, chapter, verse 6 and 7. Genesis chapter of Galatians. Thank you. Paul did not write Genesis. Y'all help me out. Me. Thank you. See, see, my brother's not afraid to talk to me. Thank you. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Yes, yeah, you know what? I didn't, put it, I didn't put it in my notes. Somebody read it out loud for me. Let's see, really weird. Somebody shout it out. All right, go ahead. Oh, man, thank you. I am astounded that you are so quick to remove yourselves from me the one who called you by the Messiah's grace, and to turn to some other supposedly good news, which is not good news at all. What is really happening is that certain people are pestering you and trying to pervert the genuine good news of the Messiah. All right. It's not even good news at all. What was the background? Y'all, you know, it was a couple thousand years ago, and we were a little bit more brutal as humanity. And the Jews were um, some people who thought they had converted to Christianity, who used to be Jewish, were going to real Christians who had never been Jewish. And they were saying, yo, if you're going to follow Jesus, he was a Jew, so you're going to have to get circumcised. Right? And all the dudes got uncomfortable, right? And Paul was like, Awa, come on, no way. What are you talking about? That ain't even good news at all. Come on, man. Amen. That is not good news, right? This is nonsense. That is not what Jesus died and rose again for us to live for, just to try to go and get right with God by doing stuff in the natural. Follow a bunch of rules and maybe you can get saved and maybe you can please God. Paul said, what are you doing? You are free. And now you're coming back to this nonsense again. And he says it several times 
In the book of Galatians, in chapter 3, um, he says, who has bewitched you? In chapter 5, verse 7 and 8, he says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from God who called you. And then later there's verse 12 where he says, you know, those people who are teaching that you got to do that, I wish they would, you know what, just go ahead on and read it at home. It is eye-opening. But Paul, like I said, he's all over this in several books. And so what we're going to, in several of his letters, so tonight we're going to look at this sharp contrast between legalism and grace. But I, I want you to look at, I want to look at the real thing with legalism and grace. Because sometimes you hear legalism, you think of certain old school denominations that say the girls can't hut, cut your hair and the dudes can't grow your hair, or, you know, <laughs> the girls have to wear earrings and the dudes can't, or, you know, these dumb rules, right? Uh, you can't, you girls can't wear pants, it's nonsense. That's not the legal, that's ugly, but that's not the legalism I'm talking about. The stuff I'm talking about is more subtle and it suckers every one of us from time to time. And when I talk about grace, I'm talking about God's undeserved favor that he lavishes on us and empowers us to do things by his spirit that we could never hope to do. That's what I'm talking about. Not license, not nonsense. I'm talking about the grace of God. Is that okay? Now we're not going to take an academic look at it tonight because I only have 14 minutes and because I don't like academics. <laughs> we're going to look at how this applies to our lives here and now. And the first thing I want to say is if we've, do y'all believe we've been saved by grace? Amen. All right. So how stupid would it be for me to be saved by grace and then try to live by laws? We've been saved by grace, so let's live in grace. But what we do, because we don't realize how programmed we were with the rules of performance-based acceptance, is we take this saved by grace thing and we thank God, and then we still try to live the rest of our days trying to jump through enough hoops to make God happy and earn his acceptance. And you don't realize you're living by law and not by grace. And it doesn't work. And it creates frustration. And there's never any victory. God, why aren't you giving me victory? And God's like, because you're not, I've, I've provided all the victory you could ever stand in my grace. But you're over here running around like a heathen. Trying to please me by doing stuff. You know, just go, go back to a false religion that, that makes up gods and then does silly little rituals to try to please them. God is not interested in that. Right? Is it okay? Can we be real? And I'm, I'm speaking so forcefully about it because, because I got my mail in this place for many years. <laughs> and it is easy. That's a Texan saying. Do y'all know what that means? Sorry. It means I, be, I acted like that a whole lot. Is that better? <laughs> I've made this mistake so many times. And sometimes I wake up and go, oh, here I am again trying to impress God. How silly is that? Holy, super, you know, fully righteous, holy God. And I'm going to try to impress him. You know, it's just, that's so silly. And he, I can't impress him. Anyone here can impress God? Can y'all do it? Right. Okay. I don't see any volunteers. Right. But so why is God so interested in us? We're going to have a look. Okay. So, um, but I want to, I want to preface this with, um, with a really silly, no, no, we're all adults here, you know, and I don't even like children's church, but I'm going to, it's a really, oh, I'm so sorry, brother. Please forgive, you can forgive me. Okay. Um, there is a silly children's church illustration and it's just so poignant that would y'all forgive me, you know, for being a little childish, right? Okay. 
very, you know. But imagine if I started walking around doing like this and flapping and going, you know. And if I do that enough, if I do that enough and practice, maybe one day I could be a chicken. Right? To work on that club. You know, if I work on it, if I try. I have kids, you know, we cut up, we cut up. Man, in my house, we, we crazy. We have a lot of fun, you know. But if I try hard enough, maybe I can be a chicken. I can learn to peck. And, you know, how do they do that, man? They, they like, you, you, your head got to go when you step. I cannot do that, you know. If you ever, you know, I can't do that. But if I practice, maybe I can be a chicken. Do y'all think it'll ever happen? No, because if you want to be a chicken, you have to be born a chicken. You know, well, maybe, maybe if I read my Bible enough, if you're reading your Bible, do carry on, right? But not to impress God, to hear his voice, to be with him, because it's about relationship, right? Maybe if I read my Bible enough, maybe if I play enough Hillsong MP3s in my iPhone, um, maybe if I play pads on my keyboard, um, maybe if I lift my hands like this or like this, you know, what's installed now, the Holy, oh, guess like this. You know, if I, if I come to, if maybe if I come to all the pre-service prayer meetings and then to church, maybe then I can be a Christian. If you want to be a Christian, you have to be born again. All right? There is nothing you can do to make salvation happen. Jesus has done everything everything. And we know that, right? So we, that's, so we, we accept that, that gift of salvation from Jesus. But then we turn around and we try to do the rest of it the old way. Is anyone tired? Man, that's exhausting. And I want to encourage you. Now I want to beg you tonight. And I want to beg me because I still struggle. I still roll right back into that nonsense. That, that law is nonsense. Let's have faith to get up in the morning and say, Jesus, thank you today that you live in me. Will you love my wife through me? Right? Will you go to work through me and do my job through me? Y'all, the stuff I'm telling you is scriptural. Jesus said, I didn't do anything unless the Father did it through me. I didn't say anything that I didn't hear the Father say. And now Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's given his life to us. And guess what, Jesus? I don't want to do anything unless you do it through me. I'm going to go program at work today. I hate programming. <laughs> don't tell my boss. Jesus, will you program through me today? Jesus, will you make this thing? Because I don't want to do anything in my own strength. I've had 45 years of doing stuff in my own strength, and I figured it out. I'm not that clever. I haven't changed anything yet. I want to change the world. I haven't even changed my mind half the time. Jesus, come and live through me. Love my wife through me. Love my kids through me. I can't give them the life that they need. I can't demonstrate. I can't do it on my own, Jesus. I mean, you know what? I'm seeing, I'm seeing the same flesh nonsense repeated in their lives that started in mine because I am not enough for them of myself. Jesus, love my kids through me. All right. We're getting to the punchline, but that's okay. So if you hear nothing else tonight, that's the deal, right? Because we're talking about extraordinary living. 
I feel really ordinary. Does anybody else feel ordinary? I, just, I feel there's like nothing spectacular going on here. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I'm a pretty average, pretty ordinary dude. And, um, and I feel that way and it's really okay and I don't mind. Because, um, because Ephesians 3, somewhere in there, says, And God, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. Right? Exceedingly abundantly above. Now, abundantly, that word in the Greek, is, it means abundant. But exceeding and then above is the same Greek word, and it's hooper. Right? And y'all, we get the word hyper from that. You know, we also get our word uber from that. I think we stole that from the Germans, right? Right? Uber. Like, yule. Like, that's like bigger than epic, isn't it? That's for real. That's like, that's like epic and legend combined. You know, that's big stuff, right? Hooper, you know, beyond. So I'm saying God wants to take your ordinary and my ordinary, and he wants to mix in a little bit of his extra right? We're talking about extraordinary living. And I can't do extraordinary by myself. I can just do failure by myself. I'm good at failure, man. But Jesus is the ultimate success of all eternity. And he wants to mix his hooper into my ordinary and do something extraordinary. And I hope that you will leave here tonight ready. Jesus, mix your hooper with my ordinary and let's do something extraordinary. Come on, it's the same Holy Ghost that's in you that was in Paul. You know Holy Ghost light? Right? I've probably said this before. There's no Jesus Jr. There's no such thing. Right? The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. The Holy Ghost raised Jesus from the dead and he's in you. Man, that's extraordinary. God, do something extraordinary. Yes, amen. All right. That was introduction and conclusion. I'm going to touch some of these scriptures that I've been asked to touch. Ephesians, the first three chapters of Ephesians tell the story of the gospel. The last three chapters of Ephesians tell how that story should affect every part of my story and your story right? So it's a beautiful, stunning book. But one of the many themes that's weaved through the first couple chapters of Ephesians is this issue of acceptance and identity. I'm going to go through this thing really fast, but I really want to nail this thing. These are the issues that I really felt the Lord wanted to settle for some, somewhere between one and 150 of us tonight, once and for all. Is that okay? Right. So Ephesians chapter one, verse four through six, check this out. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Y'all, he like enjoyed choosing you. You know, somebody needed to hear that. Somebody got picked last on the playground for rugby every time or cricket every time. You know, <laughs> or somebody, you know, you had an auntie or a parent who just, it's like you never felt like they enjoyed your company. But the Bible says that God himself chose you and he had fun doing it. It was his pleasure to choose you. He enjoyed it and he still does. And he's not sorry. He chose you. He made you. He loves you. and He doesn't regret it. Not one minute. He loves you. All right. Take that in your pipe and smoke it. Amen. Isn't that great? To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Freely given. 
freely given, no strings attached, no jumping through hoops, no disqualifications, no rejects, no go back and do it better. None of this, you're not good enough. None of that. Only Christ is good enough. And he's given his good enough to all of us. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? And all the failures said, thank you, Jesus. He has made me good enough, right? Freely given. But when you look at verse six in the King James, it's really cool. It says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Made us accepted. And I'm like, okay, these two translations are so different. Let me just get up into Greek because I love the Greek study. And I'm not going to try to pronounce this word. Um, but when I looked it up, it comes from the same word that, that we get the word grace from. The same Greek word we get the word grace from. And when I looked it up in the dictionary, it says to endue with special honor. And some folks in here, maybe you've never felt very special or very honorable. But God singled you out and endued you not with just honor, but special honor. And then it means make accepted. So he made us accepted. If you've ever felt unacceptable, I understand I had a lot of rejection in my early years. LTS was good for me. You know what I'm saying? Man, my incident chart, y'all. And I had like incident book. You know what I'm saying? Right? <laughs> God made us accepted. He made me. And I'm like, God made me accepted? How can God, how can God make me accepted? Well, first of all, he's God. He can do what he wants. Is that fair? Right? And who's going to complain about that? But secondly, how did he make me accepted? Through Christ. Y'all, you see, was, is there anyone in here who's never, ever, ever sinned? Ever, ever? Yeah. Yeah, I see that hand. No, I'm kidding. There was no hands. <laughs> right? Every one of us, unacceptable. Right? Every one of us. Now, some people's messed up sinful selves look pretty good. Y'all remember them popular kids at school? They did everything right. Man, they made A's. They got, what do y'all call that when kids do really good in high school and they matric? We don't have this word in America. Um, distinctions. Oh, oh they, got, they got eight distinctions. I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> eight distinctions. Uh, okay, he got eight distinctions. You know, and the girls like him and the guys like him and they get everything right. You know, they're doing all that out of their own strength outside of Christ. And it looks so good and we feel so jealous. And you know what? Paul says that stuff is rubbish. And then there's people like me. You know, I didn't make an A until my granny laid hands on me. God, help him. God. You know, I didn't make an A until I got born again. Right. And then God wanted to show off and I graduated first in my class. But before then, y'all, it was it was dodgy. They're like trying to put me in special education. And, you know, what I'm saying I was never the popular kid. I was a kid getting thrown out of class for acting up. Right. And my flesh was a mess. But it was it wasn't any more rubbish than the guy who could get it all right outside of Christ. They're both rubbish because it was outside of Christ. And we're both unacceptable because we're both full of sin. And what do we do? Jesus came and lived a perfect life and died to pay for all of our nonsense. 
my nonsense that looked like nonsense and that guy's nonsense. Who you, hadn't, you couldn't see the nonsense unless you looked really close. But he died for both of our nonsense. And he gave us his righteousness. I am accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted in Christ. Will you dare to believe tonight that you are accepted in Christ? Perhaps you identified with some of my story. Perhaps you had to make all A's in school or do something great in rugby or football or cricket before a parent would pay attention to you or express interest or pride. And that's called performance-based acceptance. And that's not from God. God accepts you right where you're at, full stop, right? Perhaps a group of acquaintances in a school or church or workplace or even a family would exclude you and make you feel less than or point out certain deficiencies or defects. And you would jump through hoops just to try to get that acceptance and try to feel like you belong or fit in. And sometimes you'd get it right, but it was so tiring and frustrating. Or you're like me and you just gave up. You know, I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I can do class clown, right? Maybe you're in one of those things. Um, I'll tell you what that is. And there's lots of other examples. That's legalism. And we thought legalism was, you know, you have to, you have to keep your hair long or something. That's a form of legalism. It's I have to adhere to a standard that's beyond me in order to get accepted. That's legalism. And it's a lie. It is from hell. It is not from God. The lie that you have to achieve or perform before you're acceptable, it's toxic and it's wrong. Right? Even among humans, it's wrong. But how silly is it when we apply that to God? Oh, God, I'm going to have to jump through hoops to be good enough for you. Really? How's that working for you? How tiring is that? We can't jump through enough hoops to be acceptable before a holy God. Thank God that Jesus has made us acceptable. So if you're jumping through hoops tonight, or if you're still moaning and bitter or broken or sad because you could never get those hoops jumped through well enough, I want to tell you a word from God in love. Stop it. Is that okay? Stop it. Knock it off. Christ has performed perfectly and given us that perfect performance freely. We accept it in the beloved. So let's, let's settle this right now once and for all. Especially if you've ever been felt out or left hand. If any of that applied to you ever and you've never dealt with it. Can we settle it? Is that okay? Let's settle this thing, man. Because let's not grovel in this stuff anymore. Let's, let's believe Jesus, what he said, and let's move on. Right? It's time to get past this stuff and everything Jesus died and rose again for. Let's do the stuff, Dwayne White said when he came and preached here last Sunday morning. Let's do the stuff. Stop worrying about whether you're good enough. Start laying hands on the sick and seeing them healed. That's all of us. You qualify. Did you know that? So if you've ever struggled with any of that, I want to invite you, if it's okay, if you feel comfortable, will you join me in standing? And we're going to pray to the Lord and we're going to leave this performance-based acceptance behind, right? So I want to invite you, anyone who, and that'll be a support group of one for me, or you can join me. One, two, five, ten, however many there are, right? Now I want to encourage you, if you're standing, don't stand because your neighbor stood. Please don't feel pressure. Don't feel pressure, y'all. That's, you're missing the point. It's not, about being, it's not about jumping through hoops. It's okay if you stay seated. 
If you stay seated and you feel like you've got this sorted, won't you pray for the rest of us? Amen? All right. I want to ask you to pray after me this prayer, and I want you to join me. Let's trust God that this thing is settled once and for all when we walk out of here. This is done. This is the word of God. He said, I'm accepted in the beloved and I'm going to accept it. I'm going to move on. And tonight is a, tonight is a, is a mile marker. When I passed this spot, this thing never came back. Well, it tried, but I put it in its place because I had the word of God. Amen. All right, let's do this. Let's pray. Father, I forgive those who did not accept me freely. They did not know what they were doing. Help them find acceptance in Christ also. Father, please forgive me for trying to work for your acceptance or for anyone else's. I thank you for accepting me in Christ. I choose to agree with your word. I am accepted in Christ. I am accepted. In Christ, help me to align my thoughts and my beliefs with this truth. I am accepted in Christ. Help me to reject every thought that contradicts this through this truth. I am accepted once and for all in Christ. Thank you, Father, for accepting me. I receive you. I embrace you. I love you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated or remain standing or whatever you like. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Right. Trying to decide what to do with the rest of this time. Just have a couple minutes. Um, Verses 4 and 5 also say that he chose us in him for sonship. Right? And now we're going to settle. That was the issue of acceptance. We're going to settle this issue of identity once and for all. Right? Who am I? Right? I'm going to forget my notes because we can go a little quicker. Hopefully. Right? This issue of identity. Who am I? Right? God said he chose you for sonship. Right? That's a Greek word. So it applies to daughters too. Okay? He chose you for that. And when did he choose you for that? Before the foundation of the earth. Now think about this. This is wild, right? How many of y'all think there's some really cool things on planet Earth? Stunning stuff, right? Big clouds, you know? Mount Kilimanjaro, that's pretty cool. Um, I love to hike in the Drakensberg. That's amazing. Grand Canyon, you know? Well, let's get bigger than the Earth. Man, Milky Way is stunning, right? Have you seen the rings of Saturn? Man, think about the mind of God that conceived that stuff. Yo. You know, I I like, um, you know, I think a good idea is, you know, when I put two straws in a milkshake so Shandra and he could share it. You know, like, whoa, I'm clever, man. But God's mind came up with Saturn and nebulae, you know, and and Kilimanjaro and, and, and the Matterhorn and the Alps. And wow, his mind. Wow. So think if I can investigate this incredible mind. And if I could like go back, what was the first idea he ever had? Go on this journey with me. Oh, here's when he thought of Saturn. 
Ah, lecker, man. Here's when he thought of, of, of microbiology. What? Here's where he thought of nuclear science. And you keep going back and back and back and back. Right? And we get to the first idea God ever had. You know? And you have a look at it. Well, I can't believe the most amazing mind ever in eternity. And I'm going to see his first idea he ever had. Can you handle it when you see it? It's you. You're the first thing. Everything else he made is because he wanted you. He wanted you. I'm not hollering because I'm mad. I'm excited. <laughs> he wanted you. You are. Well, who am, I? who am I? You're the jewel and the centerpiece of his plan of creation. Let me give you some scriptural pictures. You're the apple of the eye of God. You're the child of the living God. Who, are, who, who am I? You are the inheritance that makes God feel rich. Ephesians chapter 1. Read it and weep. That's who you are. Yet sometimes here's the legalism sneaking in. Who are you? I'm a plumber. <laughs> who are you? Oh, I'm, I'm nothing special. I'm just a mechanic. No, man, that's what you do. You know, we say stupid stuff in America. We say stuff like, man, you better go to university or you're going to be flipping burgers. That's nonsense. I love hamburgers. Man, if you work at McDonald's, you're my hero, man. I love hamburgers. You know what I'm saying? Thank God. Right? If you work sanitary, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Man, we, that, is, that is amazing service. That is so, that's important. Man, that's big stuff. That is nothing to be ashamed of. And I want to tell you, whatever job you work, or if you're unemployed, your identity does not come from where you get your salary. Your identity comes from who's your daddy. Who's your daddy? Yes, that's who you are. A few years ago, I had to take a survey, and one of these, it was one of these weird surveys, you know, and, someone, and one of the questions was, define yourself in three words. And I'm like... What? Can, you know, it's for work. I'm like, this is dumb. Can we just go back to work? You know, and I'm like, all right. You know, but you had to do this thing for work. And I started thinking about it. I was like, wait a minute. I got it. I've got it. I can define myself in three words. Loved by God. Done and dusted. Right? That's who you are. That's who you are. So we can settle this thing once and for all. And don't be confused with this idea of calling. Oh, I'm called. You know, I used to think I was called to be a youth pastor for life. And I had this hectic identity crisis because I was horrible at it. Like, is that okay? I didn't break the law or anything. The kids were safe. I just, just kind of stunk, you know. <laughs> it just didn't connect, you know. Man, and I tried for four years, man. I hoided that thing. And it was just, wow, you know. And then I got delivered, fired. Um, <laughs> Uh, same church hired me back because I was doing the, the worship ministry and the youth ministry. And I said, you know, for, for payroll and HR and stuff, we have to like do a termination and then rehire you. So I, so I signed my, you, your fired letter and I signed my, your hired letter at the same time, you know, and I was thrashing. I thought I was called to youth ministry. God, what's the matter, man? I'm a failure. Oh, and um, I had to really dig into this stuff. And here's what I figured out. And Jesus didn't call. When Jesus called people, he said, follow me. 
So I've got, I've got the thing for you. You ready? You're called to him. Finishing claw. You're called to him. Okay? Everything else is an assignment. It's just an assignment. Don't wrap your identity up in things like that. Your identity is in God. Um, in 2004, on the 6th of July, my son Russell was born. If you want to pick Russell out in a crowd, it's real easy. He's got two, he's got a massive turkey leg on each arm because he broke both wrists recently. You know, big old things. It's hilarious. But he was born and I called him. I called him Russell. My son, my boy, Russell. I called him Russell. And you know who he, who he is today? He's Russell. The other day I needed a flathead screwdriver. Y'all go with me. I have a point. And I said, Russell, come bring me the flathead screwdriver. I called him to bring me the flathead screwdriver. Right? But he is not now. His identity has not changed to flathead screwdriver bringer. That's not his new identity. That's not his new calling. It was just an assignment. It was just an assignment. He's still Russell, right? Your assignment's going to change. Some people, God set them in a career and they do it for decades. And some people, God changes their assignments. Assignments, that's a good word, right? There. No. He changes their assignments and moves them from place to place. And it's all good. Keep this in mind. Who are you? You're his child. Finishing Clark. Is that not all we need? Amen. Amen? So um, I want to... Can we just put these diagrams up quickly because I want to fulfill my assignment. I've been assigned to show you these diagrams. <laughs> Let's put the first one. This is the walk of legalism. This is nonsense, okay? But this is how we act. When we, when we saved by grace, but then we pretend we can live by works, right? You have to achieve something in order to get something. And then once you've achieved something and gotten something, then you're finally somebody. And once you're somebody, then you can be accepted. And you know what? In the world, we have this idea of the cream of the crop. And there's a precious, tiny, tiny sliver of a percentage of humans who can get this right. And the rest of us just look at them on TV and feel less than. Except I don't. Because I don't do this nonsense. I used to. And, I, and, and when I stop, when I don't pay attention, I can fall right back into it. But this is not how we can live. If we saved by grace, let's live by grace. Let's get rid of that junk. And let's move to the next one. Here we are. This is the grace way. We are accepted in Christ. Do you believe what you prayed five minutes ago? Do y'all believe that? Right. You got to get up tomorrow morning and you got to still believe that. Right. And those feelings are going to rush back. Now we prayed that prayer, but then feelings are going to come running back. And you got to tell those feelings where they can go. Right, you got to give it truth, right? And it'll take a while, but the feelings will start to catch up. That's a whole nother sermon. But here we are. We are accepted in Christ, full stop, finishing Clar, done and dusted for all eternity. I am accepted. Thank you, Jesus. And now that I'm accepted, I have my identity in Christ. I know who I am in Christ. And because I know who I am in Christ, there's these amazing scriptures like 2 Peter 1 that says he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And he's let us be partakers of his own divine nature. God said, everything that I am, here you go. You have access to it. Man. Man, 
Wow. And I want to live sad and pitiful. God, help me. God, forgive me. Man, you've made everything available. So everything I need, he's provided for me through Christ. And then, then we can achieve something remarkable, amazing. But guess who did it? It was Christ. <laughs> it was Christ in us who did it. How many of y'all want to sign up for this one? You know, I want to do this one, right? Jesus, will you live through me? This is Jesus saying, I will do it for you. Right? Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you study that out, what he's saying is, I will do the work through you. Just like the Father does it through me. Right? So in Jesus, we have, I will do it through you. But then in Jesus, we also have, go into the world and make disciples. And we have, you see the stuff I've been doing? You're going to do even greater stuff than these. Well, how, wait, how is it one minute it's grace, the next minute it's, we're going to do all this stuff. Because we're going to do all this stuff, it's actually him doing it through us. We already know. It's already settled. I'm, I don't have to jump through hoops. I don't have to pray for somebody and they're healed and then God loves me. He already loves me. Right? So it's this way. Amen. So let's live like this. Right. So I'm going to pray for you and give it back to Gideon. Thank you for your patience with me. But um, yeah, and I, I just get up tomorrow morning and, and say, Jesus, I thank you that I am accepted. And will you live through me today? Jesus, take the reins of what I do at work and let's see what you can do with it. I'm going to tell you what you do at work matters, but I'm going to stop there because I'll preach for 30 minutes about that. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for life. Thank you for your life. And I pray, God, that for some of us in the room, we'll come back to this adventure of you living through us. And maybe for some of us in the room, Jesus said, we'll start this adventure of you living through us. That we don't just put you in charge of us being saved, but we put you in charge of the whole thing, Jesus. My everyday eating and sleeping and walking around and going to work life, Jesus, I can't do any of it well. So actually, will you do it all? Jesus, be in charge. All of it. And we give it all to you, Lord. And we ask you to take the reins. And we pray, Lord, we cry out that we would see the fruit of you living through us in this city. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.